Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Lazy Cinephile Podcast, our first ever episode, hopefully, of a long-running show that lasts 50 years. <laughs> and uh, it's just uh, this is meant to be this nice, fun little thing we get to talk about movies together. I'm May, and that's Luke, by the way. Hello. Yay. And uh, yeah, we're just trying to have fun here. Lazy Cinephiles just came about because we wanted to like talk casually have a nice fun time mm-hmm. everyone's so self-important about the way they talk about this kind of thing now let's just calm down let's go <laughs> let's mm-hmm. let's calm down let's have a nice time let's just talk about stuff we're, we're, we're just gonna pick a movie every week then we're gonna one the person that picked that movie we're gonna alternate the person that picked that movie is gonna give it a good old research we're going to reconvene after we've both watched it, and then we're going to talk about it here. It's pretty simple. We're going to go full full spoilers immediately after a brief plot summary. But, um, yeah, that's the basic gist. Did I miss anything? I don't think so. Maybe there's a segment after the movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. We, we, have, a, we have a little segment after, the, after our main bit of the show, which I want to say is the main bit of the show where we talk about the film full spoilers. But after that, it's just kind of a, a segment that it's open discussion where we just talk about whatever regarding film uh probably more often than not it'll just be the stuff we've watched recently but um yeah. we could come and talk about like yeah. new uh, you know, like chris pat brain mario or something right exactly it could be news it could be it could be fuck fucking it could be like like i i <laughs> like something i just watched even movie related or... yeah like, possibly or i just watched every single leprechaun movie and heroes without experience was like <laughs> or whatever it could like yeah it could be anything mm-hmm. Um, I prefer it not to be about, I don't know, just quesadillas or something, but like, so not something too random, maybe pop culture related. I'm not sure. We'll figure it out. It's our first episode. We're going to be feeling this through just like you guys probably will. Mm -hmm. But yeah. So this week we have The Hunt from 2020 directed by Craig Zobel. Luke picked this movie. So Luke, uh, take it away and tell us what this is about. It's about these group people who wake up and they're in a place they all know. And uh, they start being hunted by other people and bad people. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it gets violent and weird and funny, and that's the premise of the movie. Yeah, so this is a horror action comedy mystery thriller thing, mm-hmm. and uh, so yeah, from this point on, we are going full spoilers. So if you have not seen the film The Hunt, you can watch it on HBO now and Paramount Plus. It's also available to rent on most platforms that you'd be able to rent movies and streaming. Also, you can buy it on Blu-ray, so as both me and you have done. Yes, and because uh, we both like this movie a lot, mm-hmm. so yeah. Almost give... immediately after I watched it. Yes, <laughs> and uh, me almost immediately after I watched it, I saw it at McKay's very soon after, and I thought that was awesome. So, um, yeah, uh, definitely. I mean, you can stay. We're gonna just be having a fun time, but mm-hmm. so yeah. Oh, yeah, you'll you'll definitely probably get a little bit more out of it if you if you've seen the movie. So, The Hunt, twenty twenty. Luke, you uh, you picked this movie. Uh, why'd you pick this movie? Because I think it is a fun experience, mm. and uh, I know watching it on the first time, it's one of those where like it goes in different directions, and you don't really know what's going on next. Like the characters, it sets up initially that like get killed off. It's amazing. <laughs> it's so amazing. Yeah. When, like the first person, Emma Roberts. Who's uh, pretty famous? And, the, and the, I'd say, like, besides uh, she, her name's brain farting me right now. The main villain of the movie, Hillary Swank. Hillary Swank, yeah, right. Um, besides her, Emma Roberts is easily the most famous person in this movie. 
Oh, yeah. And I remember when I first saw this, and, like, she literally goes, I almost got shot, and then, boom, straight through the head. I remember mm. going, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Like, I, I've been saying movies should be doing this kind of thing forever. <laughs> I think it's amazing. I, I love when a movie can genuinely surprise you. Mm-hmm. In a way, it's I, I love like killing the main characters and stuff. Yeah, and I love how, just how smart he is at tricking you. Like, oh yeah, it does. Like that dude, he wakes up on the plane, and like when he gets back to that place, it like pans over to Emma Roberts. Then mm-hmm. like it just thing setting her up, like her like with the gun and being like learning how to shoot, as if like she is gonna be able to practice. Yes, yeah. I mean, and generally, just like with the camera work, it's implied that like she's definitely the main character. We're experiencing this entire thing from her point of view. We're seeing everyone else from far away when she's in the foreground, and everyone else is in the background. There's a lot of like. She's getting, like, even, like, film language main character treatment here. Mm-hmm. And then out of nowhere, she's just sniped. <laughs> yeah. And it's... then are like, oh, maybe it's the guy she was talking to. But then pretty quickly, he also dies <laughs> in a great way. Where he steps on the mine, he has his face like, oh. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. great. And then after that, you're like, okay, so it's just going to kill everyone. But then the next guy, like, goes on for, like, a while. Yes, he does. So, like, yeah, you're like okay. So this guy, the game night guy, the Ike, whoever. Yeah, uh, I, I, I definitely, I know the face more than the actor. He's a good character actor. This guy. Mm-hmm. This is a very character actor heavy movie, yeah. for the most part. I, I like. I think I vaguely recognize even most of the people in this movie from somewhere. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I've seen a few movies in my time, Luke. Mm-hmm. I, I think I've seen most of these people before. Yeah. I saw Dawn in something recently, but. You saw, huh? Dawn's the uh, the, the white bearded guy. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. that guy's been Dawn's in a like, million things. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I'm so glad it wasn't by the liberals. It was the Russians. Like, thank God. <laughs> 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 Jeez. Uh, so yeah. Uh, I guess yeah. The the there there's like that heavy political element. Yeah, it's very very prominent in the film. Yeah. Even though it's it's kind of weird. It's. I'd say it's a lot more prominent on the surface than in the subtextual level. Mm-hmm. I do think it is like carried through kind of, but I mean, honestly, the most I can tell in like thematic richness, this movie has and that what it's saying, the most I can kind of tell is that it's kind of just going, you know, to normal people, both of you look kind of crazy, right? Because <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, the political angle of this movie, as deep as it really goes, is like that it takes the the stereotype of both like opposite ends of the American political sp- spectrum, the, the, the liberal cucks and the, and the conservative redneck Bible clutching gun toting Bible thumpers. <laughs> and then it like, it puts the absolute extremes of them, makes the conservatives in this movie so hyper idiotic, makes the liberals in this so extremely elitist and over like, like over like socially aware to the point of being like very obviously performative mm-hmm. and like and yeah, I it, think it just boils down to like people always like be divided into two sides and that's how humanity will be till eternity mm-hmm. it's just using this american political thing as a way to express that and so i don't think it's really saying anything deep about either side as so much as that that being said I don't really take this movie as trying to say anything really, but I, I, just as a thriller experience. Yeah, that bounce off of. I think I, I think I've talked about this with you before, but it's mainly like more I feel about like it's it's one of those movies that comes like rather than saying something about it comes like from it's like a reaction to the nature of the time that it was created. 
Mm-hmm. I think like uh, a very famous and good example of this is Dawn of the Dead, the original George A. Romero film yeah. about like consumerism and how that's turning people into zombies, essentially it being mm-hmm. set in a mall and all those different ideas are heavily reflected in that film. While it, that film, at least as far as I can tell, doesn't really say much about that. It is very clearly like informed by that. I think mm-hmm. also another good example very recently is of Spiral from the Book of Saw being very clearly like inspired by the injustices of the police department and the racial divide in America right now. And mm. there's like, yeah. And this, this movie is, is comes from a similar ilk more and just like, it's very clearly inspired by people that were writing this movie were on Twitter, maybe a bit too much on the political conversation end of things. And then we're just tired of hearing all this crap from both sides that they could probably predict every time what each side was going to say. And then they just like made a movie making fun of both of them. Yeah. Which it, it's good. Not like get out. I mean, <laughs> no, no, get out. This is more about the ride and whatever. <laughs> yeah, which I will say is not a bad thing in any way. Mm-hmm. We do not mean to say that in a way that disparages this movie. If anything, we mean that in a good way. Yeah, that like that's awesome. It it yeah. should be that way. This movie for like the comedy it's going for. Yeah. Get out's a funny movie, but it's not like meant to be this like thrill ride. You know. Yeah. Some of the writers said it too was yeah that people could just view this for the fun experience or they could read something into it yeah yeah so and I think that works really well it so, works on many levels yeah it's interesting no, no one could really place what genre this movie was like people say it's a horror movie it's a thriller no one said comedy which I was surprised but really even though the comedy is something to, I think of almost immediately with this movie yeah like if I had to if like you like 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 gun to my head gun to my heart like I'd, like forced me to pick a pick a genre i'd probably end up coming up with comedy yeah like black dark com- like all the violence in it is cartoonish as fuck you know? <laughs> and, and often like even like the gore even though being very realistic and it being very gory uh, i don't want to say very realistic more like very graphic i should just say oh yeah and it, like it's it's i mean like one of the first things is like a high heel going in the eye and it pulls the eye out yeah. You see the eye on the heel. Right, yeah. It, it, it like all the gore is like to in service of a moment rather than being gore for gore. Mm-hmm. Even though the gore yeah. for the gore in and of itself is awesome. I yeah. love it. I'm a I'm a gore <laughs> whore. Yeah. I love seeing like that girl fell into that spike pit and then she gets up and then she gets blown <laughs> back into the same exact spike with no legs this time yeah and you see all her intense sides and stuff yeah, yeah. it's great it's yeah. great the first time she's like she's like oh no my birthday's tomorrow i'm gonna eat a whole pie tomorrow and all that and then she gets up she gets out the guy that we mentioned earlier steps on the landmine he blows up you see her legs fly off or mm-hmm. at least when i first watched this i assumed it was his legs even though I don't know why, because his legs got blew up with a mine. Anyway, that's just what I assumed at the time. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. um, but then she like falls in the literal exact same place, but with no legs. The next guy that we assume is the guy we're going to be following now goes up to her. Says, oh, hey, you're going to be okay. It's fine. She's like, give me the fucking gun. <laughs> it's like, he's like, no, no, don't do it. You'll be okay. It's like, just kill me. Shoot me now. And she takes his gun and just shoots herself yeah. as a joke. Like in she the movie, calls, uh, him a fucking snowflake. Yes. <laughs> it's like give me the gun, you fucking snowflake. Yeah, it's amazing. Oh god, like this movie's really funny, man. Mm-hmm. This, <laughs> it's so funny. 
Um, a movie it kind of reminds me of in like the style of comedy, even like the tone, even though the movie I'm about to mention is, I'd say a little bit more on the thrillery side is Ready or Not. I, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. It's like it has that weird mixture to where it doesn't feel ordainly part of any of them. It doesn't feel purely any of them, but it incorporates all the elements together and like stirs them up so hard that it like it feels like its own like unique thing. It's like its own unique genre. Mm-hmm. It's like horror action, mystery, thriller, comedy. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's yeah. yeah, it's 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 bizarre, but I love movies like this. Yeah, dude, and it really does all of them well. It keeps the tension there, and the high violence with the comedy, and, mm-hmm. the, and none of it feel it's not jarring. It's all just naturally placed. Yeah, like it's tense when like, uh, but Betty Gilpin. Betty uh, Gilpin. Yeah, 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 but she goes into that. The main character, the actual main character of this movie, Betty Gilpin. Yeah, <laughs> goes into the country store, and then you can feel something's up, and that dude puts, like, ding on shotgun, and that's really tense. Yeah. But then it's also funny when she, like, beats them up, and that's awesome. When but you then, think she has no provocation to do so, she just starts beating the shit out of them. <laughs> yeah, and it's then great. she, like, turns the gun on the old lady, and she's like, uh, cigarettes only cost, like, I don't know, three dollars or whatever. They only cost six bucks in Nebraska. You done fucked up, bitch! <laughs> and then shoots her in the head with a shotgun. <laughs> mm-hmm. Fantastic. It's, it's Betty Gilpin, man. Mm-hmm. Let's talk yeah. about Betty Gilpin for one second. We'll, we'll definitely get back to all the stuff you're talking about. Sure. Well, let's talk about Betty fucking Gilpin for one second. Mm-hmm. She is insanely good in this movie. Mm-hmm. Like, I love the writing and the direction of this movie, but to me, without her performance and her character, this movie would not work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She is such a center for this whole experience. Yeah. And a lot of times, she, up to a certain point, she doesn't even talk. She only responds when someone else is talking to her. Yeah. So a lot of her stuff is, like, just eye-looking. Like, after she killed shotguns that old lady, then, mm-hmm. like, there's just a lot of her looking around and kind of seeing smart things, like, seeing that the, uh, the gas thing has been rigged and stuff or yeah, yeah, seeing yeah. the drone and that guy and like kind of putting pieces together in the head as to how to deal with things you, you shouldn't have shot that drone what they can't see us yeah. anymore well yeah they don't have to see us here you just told them we're here yeah yeah you know my favorite scene in the whole movie which is uh is a monologue that she gets yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> one of my favorite scenes too also great with yeah all she puts into it and i like dawn's reaction shots to it because he's really <laughs> into the story <laughs> and yeah. it's just the tortoise in the hair okay let's talk about that scene because this mm-hmm. is like the pinnacle of betty gilpin's genius in this movie mm-hmm. so she plays a woman who i i feel like so is basically meant to be the backdrop against the entire thing here is that like all these people very clearly live in a world as you mentioned this movie is set in a world where there is there's side A, side B, liberal, uh, conservative, uh, uh, liberal cuck, <laughs> redneck, Bible toting, gun, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, um, but she is like, she's not even like portrayed as a center. She's just portrayed as like this person, like a, a human mm. being. You don't know what her political things are. And the point is that it doesn't matter. It's like, and she, she looks at all these things and like manages to bring it down. Like, he's like, because everyone's like, don't you know about Mannergate, all these cons- conspiracy theories and all that? And she's like, I don't really care about any of that. I just, they're trying to kill me, so I don't care. Mm-hmm. And it's so, like, perfect because it's it's almost like a, like, we, it, it even kind of reflects us as an audience because we 
like we do like in a way care about like why they're doing it in a certain way but that's definitely not why we're there you know it's like we're not watching this movie to like figure out hillary swank's like dramatic backstory as to why she hates these people Mm -hmm. we're here to see the the tense mystery and we're here to see the killing yeah and she's only here for the killing as well you know Uh and so she both on like almost like a weird like metal like audience level and just thematically in the way that she's placed in the film works really well to bring the story forward in a really natural way i feel Mm -hmm. yeah yeah, anytime a character is like trying to deliver a bunch of a bunch of information, it's usually her that like puts the plot forward. Like, say when Uncle Sam's nephew is in the car, and like he's trying to like provoke them to like say why why are they killing you guys specifically, and then that's when she does the great slow turn kick <laughs> and like kicks him out of the car. It's amazing, <laughs> and then runs over his head. Right, yeah. and I wanted to see his head. Damn yeah. it. I wanted to see his busted up head. That would have been awesome. You get to see that one guy later's head get like shot open. Uh, it's her entrance into that, I don't know, the basement type of thing. Oh, right. Yeah. And you see her behind his head after the hole is through it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so good. Yeah. And she can fight really well. Yeah. She's a military. Also, I like the detail and the. When she reaches down to get the dollar bill in the country store, you see she's wearing army boots. So, like, to oh. see I, I'm not yeah. someone that could, like, be able to determine the difference between, like, normal... Like, I can tell when, like, cowboy boots... Cowboy boots? Cowboy boots are cowboy boots, I guess. But, like, I, I wouldn't know the difference between, like, normal, like, just everyday boots yeah. and army boots, They really. just said camouflage on them. That's oh, really okay. I, I, it was a quick <laughs> shot. I don't know. <laughs> You've seen this movie more than me. <laughs> That's true. But um, it's my fourth time, guys. Only I, second I, for me. <laughs> yeah, it's all this year. So, dad, I just did it, dad. Did, this came out in twenty twenty twenty. Okay, it was early twenty twenty, like pretty much right before the pandemic hit. So it was like right around the, uh, like like a boss underwater. Yeah, it was like March, I think. Oh, it was March. So it that was, was early March. So. Oh, so that was later. So that that was like so it's like after yeah. Birds of Prey. Yeah, it was like I think it was like the week or two before Bloodshot came out. Like uh, oh, and like Bloodshot was like pretty like prominently the last big movie that came out in mm-hmm. 2020. Yeah. Oh, big movie. <laughs> um, like more blockbuster esque film. Yeah. That, that came out that year. Yeah. So okay, that that's a weird movie and a Blumhouse movie. They're they're big. Yeah. <laughs> uh. It's it's crazy how Blumhouse really has like started to like really conquer the horror world in a pretty big way. Mm-hmm. There, it's like I, I I love and I love and hate their model because it's both restrictive, but they like because it's like you know you must be in these very few locations and you like you there's a lot of like kind of like very specific ideas that they put forward on how to make films. Then they also like prop up these directors and these creative voices in ways that they probably wouldn't have gotten to otherwise. Like yeah. Lee Winnell got the Invisible Man under Blumhouse. All the new Halloween movies are under Blumhouse. Get Out was Blumhouse. Get Out was Blumhouse. Yeah, I, was Us Blumhouse? I don't think so. It, why wouldn't it have been? I don't know. It just feels like a bigger <laughs> movie for Blumhouse. Is all I mentioned. I think it's the same, but okay, I okay. could check. Yeah. Uh, okay. Anyway, back to the hunt. This feels uh, a little bit different for Blumhouse because typically I, I normally associate them and their type of stuff with their more uh, self-seriousness, their darkness. And this movie 
all of the aspects that you could normally no. apply to it's it's not Blumhouse. No, no. that was right. the monkey paw picture thing. Cause it's That's like a the, the Jordan, get out yeah, Jordan Peele. Spin. Yeah, it's the Jordan Peele thing. Yeah, um, it, but all the normal things that you'd apply to like the horror genre is played in a way that is meant to be against how horror elements are normally meant to be done. Like gore is normally meant to be shocking or vile or to increase tension, and this it's more meant to be cathartic. Yeah or it's like funny shocking in a funny way right exactly it's like so a lot less shocking in like a uh in like a uh oh my god this character just died that i loved type way in like a sudden way a lot more like a uh like oh shit that was awesome (laughs) you know it's a which is different for blumhouse and i like that it it just they're they're not a one-trick pony i think that's pretty cool yeah I'm, I'm i'm very happy that this was made because it's like I, I can't imagine another like studio that would have made a movie with this many like weird elements put into it you know mm-hmm. especially by a guy i'd never heard of before named craig zobel yeah like i have no idea who this dude is yeah i assumed you'd looked him up at least a little bit i did yeah he's done he's actually seems like a pretty notable director i know that maybe he did before this was a uh, z for zachariah I'd heard Which good like things about that. Sci-fi ex- apocalypse type of thing. Okay. The with... most recent thing he's done was a TV show called Mayor of Easttown. Oh. Uh, which was a murder mystery. Uh, Kate Winslet. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'd heard that show's amazing. Like, I've yeah. heard that's, like, one of the best pieces of television, like, in a while type thing. But granted, you hear that about every TV show that comes out every four months, so. Mm. <laughs> but, like, it, like. You know, but like HBO would be knocking out of the park, man. Freaking my God. (laughs) Like they got like, uh, speaking of uh, HBO, Damon Lindelof wrote this. Mm -hmm. He did Watchmen, the latest show. And that's an amazing show. Watch it if you haven't. (laughs) Wrote Prometheus. uh... Yeah. Star Trek Into Darkness, (laughs) which is underrated, by the way. Anyway, (laughs) um, he's done a lot of a lot of different stuff, but um, uh, lost another big, big thing he's done. But. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I just, I really, I, I just, I, I find it to be kind of an enigma, but also part of a rising trend that I like a lot. It almost feels like a, uh, like these kind of movies feel like they're from the Wes Craven school of horror in a way. Like, and I mean late Wes Craven, like Scream in a way. Like, it's, like- as in like, like there are the horror elements part of it. Gr- granted, Wes Craven took the horror elements more seriously than these films did, but they took like, and like, as opposed to like radio silence doing ready or not, these guys took like the same like general balance of tones and then blew out one specific part of it. Yeah. When ready or not blew out more of the tension aspect of it. It's like it like in both of those cases they like really like heightened to specific elements of that like Wes Craven like formula. He balanced all of them in a pretty good way, I feel, for that first screen movie. Mm-hmm. Which I think is cool because Radio Silence are doing the new screen movie. Oh, yeah. Okay. Ready or not, guys are doing the new screen movie, and I'm excited. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's like so. When I see this, I I I do feel a little bit. Not it's not like in camera work or writing, but more just in like, like I can feel that probably Craig Zobel in some way, like maybe the films that he likes a lot in the horror genre is like your screams or your new nightmare or your something like that. Mm-hmm. And I I don't know. It just feels like a similar DNA to me, if that makes sense. Yeah, I can see it. Yeah. yeah good (laughs) 
Yeah, I want to kind of go back to the yeah, go, go, Jack go. Rabbit and Box Turtle. Okay, yeah, there's kid. a there's a whole animal farm and oh, yes. there's a whole like there's a lot of animal references in this film. Yeah, there's like fairy tale like type of thing. Like even Animal Farm has a subtitle like a fairy tale, I believe. It does. I'm pre- pretty sure. <laughs> okay, and worth noting for those listening, you've read Animal Farm and I have not. Mm-hmm. I know very, very, very vaguely what that is about. It's about a bunch of farm animals, and they go, yo, this sucks. And then they have an uprising or something. Yeah. It's political, uh-huh. I think. Oh, yeah. That's, I mean, this is about as much as I know about the book Animal Farm. Wasn't nope. there a movie? I don't remember a movie, but probably. <laughs> I wonder how you do a movie about that. <laughs> anyway, sorry. So, yeah. so uh, give me the deets on this. On animal farm? No, 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 no. On like how that like yeah. relates to this movie and all the animal sim- symbolism and stuff. Because you definitely either get more out of it and know more about I think it than me. In this way, animal farm is kind of viewed as like this really intellectual book uh, and stuff, and it's very political. So it goes with like these liberals in the movie and like them like calling even uh, the people like nicknames from the book or saying quotes from it. So they're really putting their stuff as high as that. Yeah, when the or... uh, when the characters first wake up in the field, there's the uh, crate that they come across. And when they first open the crate, the first thing that walks out is a pig with a shirt. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you figure out that the name of the, the name they call the pig is Orwell. Yeah. And George Orwell wrote the book. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And uh, and the country store like the lace says, "Will there be sugar after re- the rebellion?" Which is a directly from Animal Farm. Oh, I oh. <laughs> yeah, and then later, uh, Hillary Swank, uh, Adina, is like saying that Betty Gilpin is like Snowball, and she's like, "No, I'm actually like the other pig." But anyway, but that's just the show because Hillary Swank just thinks that like conservatives are dumb or whatever, and she kind of paints Betty as that. Uh, so then when she's like that i don't know if it really is specific to the book necessarily that you have to get it is it is it more like the idea is that that they're lit that like because that they think that they're superior they're taking this work and doing the very thing that hillary swank was saying that conservatives do in in the movie like you take whatever information you want it because you want it to be true that then you make it true to like fit your worldview like, she was doing that with Animal Farm. She was essentially appropriating that book to fit her worldview. Yeah. Yeah, and even in the book, uh, Snowball, I believe, the pig who wins, ends up re- redoing the society because they rebel against the farmers. And so the farmers leave, and they start making their own society and, like, thing. But then by the end of the book, you see the pig is interacting with humans, and they don't look any alike. So they basically just become the same thing just underneath new ruler like so like in this film mm-hmm. they just didn't the same thing without seeing the hypocrisy the hypocrisy of, yeah. the hypocrisy yeah of it yeah it's and, like it, this movie really condemns both sides yeah. in like a really harsh way yeah. i feel and there's a very light dream like surreal quality to this film like what the pig stuff yeah and what the jackrabbit seeing the jackrabbit and stuff mm-hmm. so just to feed into that more yeah yeah so and yeah, are is are there like is there a turtle or jackrabbit or a, rabbit character in Animal Farm? No, but that's more what the jackrabbit and box turtle story. Yeah, so I was just wondering with, if that like linked in any way. 
I don't remember the being. Of course, it's not Jack Rabbit and Box Turtle. It's the tortoise and the hare. Mm-hmm. So that, <laughs> that story didn't have the ending. This one does. Though. Yeah. Okay. okay. So 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 tell tell me the story, Luke. Tell me the story that Betty Gilpin tells. Uh, what's his name? Don. 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 Tell tell Don. tell me the story. I, yeah. I just want to hear you say it. <laughs> so Jack Rabbit, he wakes up and he's like, he's he brags a lot, you know, mm-hmm. and he's, he's a dick. Like, yeah, so he's like, I'm gonna race this turtle, you know. Mm-hmm. And turtle's like, Yeah, I can prove myself or whatever. Yeah. And Jack Rabbit's like, Yeah, you know what? I'm so confident that I'm not even gonna go immediately when the race starts. Mm-hmm. So he even get, lays down and takes a nap. Yep. Then time passes, <laughs> and uh, he wakes up, but he realizes. He has to finish the race, actually. So he goes, but it's too late. Boxer was already crossed, and all the crowd cheering and stuff. Like, yeah, yeah go, go, boxcar turtle, whatever. Yeah, yeah go, box turtle. Yeah, boxcar turtle, box no. turtle. <laughs> but then turtle goes back home. And it's worth noting that the 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 slow and steady wins the race is normally where that story ends. Yeah. If you hadn't heard tortoise and the hare before, normally that story ends. Like, you know, slow and steady wins the race. You can do anything. Just don't yeah. be overconfident and you need to, you know, just keep going and you can do it type thing. Yeah. But and the story continues. That's what Box Turtle says to his family. Yeah. And then that board the door busts in. <laughs> <laughs> and Jackrabbit. He's there. He has a hammer. And so he beats the wife and his kids first, <laughs> just so that he can see them die. And then he finally kills the box turtle. And then, well, well hold on. He he eats he eats all of their dinner though. He does like right every after. Yeah. every last bite. <laughs> uh, because and, Jackrabbit always wins, which I should have said before. But <laughs> yes, because the Jackrabbit. And that's the Always moral wins. of this story. <laughs> that's when Don's like, your mama told you that story? <laughs> and then that's the question, wait, are we the jackrabbit or are they? And then that question's not answered. And... Yeah, it's because they're both both of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> because they're, they're, they're both slowly and steadily just doing their thing, and they both think that they always win. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? It's mm-hmm. like all the conservatives... Are, in this film we're always like yeah i know i know exactly what's going on here and all the liberals are like it's like we're the educated ones we know what's go we know what's going on here you know Harry sling has that great line of like yeah i do believe in the truth the only difference is i'm right oh yeah yeah exactly yeah it's almost like yeah it's like i feel like if there's a point made in this movie about the political divide it's that it's that no one really cares about actually solving problems or doing the right thing anymore mm-hmm. people care about being right in a debate that they've made up in a world that they made up yeah <laughs> also just how first impressions may be wrong yeah exactly yeah like even when adina like says dawn's like not one of them or uh, that dawn is one of them and mm-hmm. dawn's like trying to be like no i'm not like bay gilvin kind of just shoots him while just like to, trying yeah. to reason it out yeah uh, it's a it's a pretty uh it's a pretty awesome tense sequence after a really good fight scene yeah 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 and film never does actually like tell you if dawn was it or not and i did want to ask you a question about that though hmm. do you see his photo because remember when she like that wall yeah you, yeah you walk in there's like that 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 that, that wall of people yes that you do see his photo that's so great because you don't but it is stacked like 12 so there's like three 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 and then two at the bottom so the last 
12 one there's no picture there oh so so like it's arranged as if there it could be 12 so like hypothetically Harry Swain could have taken that down before like she got there so that when she drops that line then it'll be more convincing or he was never there at all so Hmm. then he actually because there were 15 people that were dropped right so either way there are people missing 15 I think I heard 15 I was 12 uh, I'm not sure. I mean, either way, that's multiples of three. So, mm-hmm. so I mean, either way, you're right in the way it's arranged. But like, yeah, I I, I did find that. I, I wanted to ask you about that. So that that that's an interesting detail that make that. Yeah. Yeah, and also, in would, the first scene, he's like uh, saying it's a trap to like the box, so telling him not to. So oh. they could paint him as being not with them because he's like, oh, you know, he he wouldn't want them to open it if he thinks it's a trap, or it could be like. He knows what's in there. So he's like, hey, be defenseless or something. Yeah. But, or it could be like a like gaining their trust of some kind, hypothetically. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's interesting. And it also would, if, if he, and if that is the case that like there's one that's taken off and that would also reinforce the idea that, that she's changing the truth for what she wants the truth to be. Mm-hmm. You know, exactly. it's a, it's a good way of reinforcing that. I feel like the. The criticism of, of both sides is, is handled very differently, though, because the, the liberal um, one has a more, I feel like, uh, like, it's more like, I'd say, layered in, in through the very plot of the movie when, like, the conservatives are more like just blatantly made out to be idiots for the most part. Okay. It's it's like in like they, they both are meant to be arrogant. They're both made to be like these people that can't look in a mirror and see what's actually there. But like, like we said, there's nothing like, I feel like for the, the, the victim conservative side in this film, like there is for the Hillary Swank character, liberal character in this movie. Mm-hmm. There's not, there doesn't seem to be that kind of like criticism, even though I, well, that being I think, said, I don't uh, think it lets off the, con- the conservative side light though. I still think. I think they're kind of similar. It's just that the liberals in this movie are doing it behind a wall like elegance and superiority yeah when really they're just idiots like the conservatives <laughs> just like they're just more upfront the conservatives are it's like that line that Gilpin has yeah uh, yeah I was, I was just thinking of that yeah, yeah, yeah. you can see oh yeah it's either they're idiots pretending to be smart or they're smart pretending to be idiots <laughs> yeah it's and like i think that like it's like the grilled cheese speech she makes Oh for example, God! Which is awesome that she's yeah. making that. Oh, it's and but, uh, I, I think it. I think the the movie thinks that they're both idiots pretending to be smart, mm-hmm. but they both yeah. look actually like idiots. And the funny thing is that Betty Gilpin sees through both of them. Mm-hmm. It's like so transparent, especially when you watch it, and it's like people use the language that both of these sides use in real life. Mm-hmm. And you always notice, and I imagine you've noticed this, we we all know people like this that use these like online clickbaity like words, you know, like like snowflake or like or like how on the liberal side it's like, oh, you're you're really appropriating this or something, <laughs> you know, uh-huh. it's like there, there are there are extreme obnoxious people on both sides. And I, I think. Maybe in like twenty years, this movie might be a little bit unintelligible to to like someone like who was born today and in twenty years watches this movie and is like, "What the hell is this?" Uh-huh. <laughs> but I mean, I, I I think that's fine. <laughs> I, I I so yeah, I I I think it yeah. would lose its power a little bit 
if it wasn't like unfortunately quite true the people it represents <laughs> it's like mm-hmm. it does heighten them for the movie it is a horror like, action comedy weird thing after all mm-hmm. like but yeah. it's <laughs> like yeah there are people like this man like yeah. i mean just take like some of the people that you know now and take them like a few ticks out of reality you'll get the people you get in this movie mm-hmm. yeah they, they the people in this movie feel like they would be actual people they're not caricatures even if they're heightened <laughs> but yeah yeah very much so yeah unfortunately i, I love how even the, the smallest characters have something to them like when they're at that uh it's a russian place and there's yeah. like that dude who's like asking for the papers and he's just eating that thing like the whole time <laughs> has just this attitude like uh get don and whatever and he has that get sw- don swagger to him <laughs> yeah and he, that's the only scene he's in and that's how a lot of these characters are is they're only in a few scenes it's like like uncle sam's nephew checks his shoe when he first comes in to see if he got something on it because he's nice he likes nice things or whatever oh i didn't even notice that yeah but... that's cool dude mm-hmm. yeah i mean he, but yeah you, you're right like every character does like really feel like they 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 exist outside of the very narrow plot of the film mm-hmm. and and that's that's a that's always nice to see when you can do this and especially rare in movies like this i feel often characters in movies like in especially in the horror genre often feel like they exist for the convenience or utility that the plot would find out of them mm-hmm. even good even excellent films feel like that every now and then sometimes that can be done well but it is also very hard to do what this movie does in that way and i i like that a lot i think a lot of that also does come down to performance though oh yeah like the casting and performance in this film is honestly i'd say in terms of that specific element shining through might be might have been more important than the writing even like a lot of these are more like performance decisions it feels like mm. betty gilpin's character honestly isn't much on the page i assume i haven't read the script but like she's fairly silent for most of it she answers in very short plain sentences yeah like she's not like but like Betty Gilpin makes her feel very flesh, fle- flesh, fleshed out. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean yeah, I think the actors like really seem to care in this mm-hmm. movie. Oh yeah. Even like Hilary Swank, this like Oscar-winning actress who's like, <laughs> like mega famous, like super like just awards like you know like just this in this weird like kind of genre mashup, and it she seems to like really give it her all. Oh, yeah. Especially, like, even, like, the fight choreography, which we haven't mentioned the final fight yet, but... Mm-hmm. <laughs> which, yeah, I want to mention. Yes, cause... we must mention the final fight in this movie. Yeah. Incredible action sequence. Mm-hmm. It's a better action sequence. It's a better hand-to-hand fight sequence than most movies centered around hand-to-hand combat have. Like, it's insane how good this 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 sequence is like i like even when i was watching it i was like oh my god this is so good like i can see the stunts playing out like in front of me it looks like some of them are actually doing it wow that was actually they were doing like most of it like harry swank and pate gilpin really yeah i mean they they didn't do like the fall like from the as they should have or the fire but (laughs) but yeah otherwise it was dumb like you see clearly once like that that shot of like Hilary swank trying to kick her yeah or whatever and it like does that tilt or whatever oh amazing uh, reminded me of upgrade yeah and i don't know there's a lot to fight like there were judo throws and punches and kicks and fro- like grabbing things and using what was around them too. Mm-hmm. 
and that was cool like, they, like they go on a table and they use the ceiling light thing to hit oh their god head. <laughs> i love the sound effect these she's she literally like takes the little like weird wooden ball ceiling light thing and just like throws it at betty gilpin mm-hmm. and you just hear like the dunk <laughs> it's hilarious hurry swing uses a gun in a way i haven't seen before oh like yeah his, uh... ouch she's uh-huh. trying to like uh like close the shotgun uh to like to load the rounds in and it ends up getting like caught on betty gilpin's arm mm-hmm. and it is it look it, it, it's a pinch it's a big old pinch yeah it looks like it ouch hurts yeah and there are character moments too like when the bottle wine gets frozen and she like oh my god it. that's one of my favorite funny moments in this whole movie it's yeah. <laughs> so good <laughs> or when they crash through the window and they're like and then like they go and like one second and they like both catch a breather there <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or, i didn't i didn't notice this on my first watch but that bottle of wine is the bottle of wine that guy mentions at the very beginning oh yeah that is. like the case of like of wine from 1907 that there was like how many bottles were there like just one case and that like mm-hmm. it's worth like 250 grand a yeah. bottle mm-hmm. and that's why she was like no and freaking like dives and grabs it <laughs> yeah and yeah there's a great final line with that too as betty gilpin has that wine mm-hmm. also they have caviar now on that plane which is another detail at the beginning like yeah for that uh but then like she takes a big swig of it and she's like that's fucking great yeah <laughs> and then credits it reminds me of knives out in a way except it's, that's not like a line yeah. dialogue but yeah. that's the same feeling yeah yeah no i i understand yeah i totally see that <laughs> that is absolutely correct <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, it's 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 a great ending to that movie oh another character moment i really wanted to mention in that final fight is the bit where it's like it's pretty much through the fight and there's at one point when they're about to like there's this great shot where it's still inside the inside the main like room the kitchen that they're fighting except you're following them through the windows as they're fighting outside right after the moment that you mentioned where they said like one minute one second Mm -hmm. and so right when they're about to come inside (laughs) like hillary swank as she's about to go through the door grabs the frame and says no more glass and then opens the door for them to go in there and continue fighting (laughs) like opens the door very like carefully (laughs) i just thought it was funny because she's still trying to like look after her house basically and i love how the fight's like Hillary Swing has been set up. She's been training for eight months mm-hmm. for this. Whereas, and her fine style and all the kicks and whatever reflects that. Mm-hmm. Whereas Betty Gilpin, she's just trying to survive. So she's like grabbing a bunch of things. Yeah, like she, she, it's she, not even the only scene where she does that. Yeah, but. she's like a guerrilla fighter. Like she's, she, her military training is uh, genuinely reflected, I feel, in the way that she fights. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I remember there was a show that I watched, and this is kind of a tangent. There's a show that I watched that makes me, like, recognize that style of fighting. It's it's where they took, like, different characters. It's like, it might have been, like, like History's Deadliest Warriors or something like that. It's like, and, like, they took, like, different, like, types of, like, soldiers or spies or whatever from from the past. And then, like like took all their weapons and got all kinds of details, did all kinds of researches on like researches, research on them. And then like pit them against each other at the very end to see which one was more powerful. And so there was one of them that was just like a modern day, like U S army soldier. And so, and like there was a lot of like demonstration of that kind of fighting. And I like saw Betty Gilpin do a lot of that stuff. And, and, and this, like there was a lot of like, there's a lot of grappling. There was a lot of throwing. There was a lot of, 
There's a lot of like, you know, like trying to trap someone's limb or something like that. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of that. And I, I, I just noticed that in the way that she moved and it felt very genuine in the way her choreography was expressed in her character. That's cool. Yeah. She said she trained for two months for the movie, I believe. I mean, uh, hell yeah, you can tell. She yeah. she nailed it. And yeah, she said she normally plays like housewives and stuff. So like, this was like completely new for her oh. to uh, do. Uh... A badass? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. An insane so, badass. Yeah. I mean, and also if you think about it, pretty like she's a final girl. Like she's the final girl of this movie, you know? Often reserved for like slasher stuff. Mm-hmm. But, like, if you want to, like, call it for, like, horror, she's the final girl. Oh, yeah. And and I feel like this should be nominated into the Good For Her cinematic universe. Good For Her? Have you not heard of this? Is this Olivia Rodriguez? Nope. Not even Rodrigo? her name. Rodrigo? <laughs> uh, um, I have no idea what that has to do with anything. Well, but, um, oh, you mean the song. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's the Good For Her cinematic universe is um, a specific subset of films in which, at the very end, generally... Or, like, there's some kind of badass character that you're supposed to say, good for her. Ready or Not is a good example of this. This film, um, I feel like I'm missing 10 billion of them. There's a friend... Climax. (laughs) No, God, what? (laughs) There's a a friend I have that literally, like, collects, like, like, has, like, a whole list on Letterboxd of the good for her cinematic universe. I'm gonna have to track that down. (laughs) Okay. But I feel like, for those of you that know what I'm talking about, you know I'm right. (laughs) And, uh... Yeah, I think I get why this is kind of like overlooked because it's not a movie that like like naturally would make a huge impact. You mm-hmm. know, it's not like like it's a it's a rip roaring thrill ride, you know. Yeah. But it's not the kind of like rip roaring thrill ride that like really appeals to audiences nowadays. Even like you're ready or not was like loved by the people that saw it, but not many people saw it. Yeah. Plus I think the political nature in a film will turn people off too. Yeah, the marketing uh, for this movie sucked. Yeah, and I think it was even delayed. I think also Trump spoke out against the movie. And he like, did? I think he tweeted about it, yeah, when wow. he had Twitter. And, uh, ha ha ha. <laughs> 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 yeah, uh, but yeah, I don't know. It also, because of the pandemic, I think people forgot about it. So. Yeah, it, this was just unfortunate timing, everything with this movie. Even like the way that it combines genres, it seemingly is just like, it, it doesn't feel like it fits in with modern horror in a way, mm-hmm. even like you're ready or not, because like yeah. modern horror is very steeped in like very deep thematic things, you know? Yeah. I typically forget the Blumhouse movie. Like, yeah, <laughs> very much so. Like modern horror is basically summed up by like in your mainstream, you can find your, uh, the conjurings or whatever in the art house. You get your, your like black coast daughter, hereditaries, stuff like that. You're, that's more your art house speed. Like, and you get your more like physical, like threats every now and then with like your Halloween stuff. That's an existing franchise. There's not many, like, and occasionally we'll get like a serial killer movie. Like we're getting the black phone next year. Right. Even that has a paranormal element to it though. Anyway. <laughs> uh, did you see the trailer? Yeah. Yeah. I know. I was like, he's not the paranormal element. The paranormal element of that film is not the threat. As far as I know, haven't read the short story. Haven't seen the movie. I don't know. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I um and and for this movie to exist almost like in a like the purge type way, like you know, it's like it's like it feels like it was advertised in a way that was like meant to like almost like kind of connect itself to the purge. Oh. Like it's like it's a bunch of it's like it's kind of mix of like the purge and like I guess the saw movies. It's like cuz the purge was 
like also trying to commentate on yeah it's like it's it's meant to be like you know an all-out killing spree-esque movie with like political undertones with like type thing and it's like what it's meant to to like appeal to people as (laughs) what it is what the purge movies are are very different than that (laughs) but um yeah, I, I don't like those movies at all. <laughs> anyway, um, to purge them out and what like and the saw element is like the more confined element of this film and the more like surprising twist and turn element of it. Mm-hmm. But those are like two styles of horror that seem to be niche enough to where when you combine them, it's like, what the hell are we even doing here? <laughs> How do you market this? I guess call it the most controversial movie ever or whatever, and say that like everyone thinks that this is like too like crazy to be released or whatever oh yeah i do remember that now. yeah and i'm like this movie is not that crazy mm-hmm. especially when you think about for a second what it could might be trying to say which is i don't know all you look pretty weird to me <laughs> you know uh-huh. it's like it, this like honestly the only thing i could think is like shocking about this film to like a normal audience would be the gore yeah because it's pretty like flippantly and gleefully violent yeah, pretty but, pretty upfront about it. Yeah, uh, but then again, when movies like The Suicide Squad exist and are so like critically acclaimed, great that movie didn't do very well on the box office wise. It did on HBO, but mm-hmm. but like yeah, when when movie like the Su- The Suicide Squad can like do really well and critically and like audience wise, it's weird to me that this hasn't gotten some cult following or some kind of like at least talk after it. Yeah, it seems like. Uh, I actually don't even know that for sure. I was gonna be like that. It seems like people saw it actually like it quite a bit, but yeah, that's I'm remembering when this movie came out. But I don't really know about today. Yeah, I I remember like general like good whispering saying people like yeah this is actually okay. But like beyond like the la- like five months after it came out, it was like total darkness for this movie. It's like this movie like lived, breathed, and died with the whisper of its dumb marketing campaign, mm. and then like some people like. There was a little bit of like a, <gasps> with like the little bit of like, oh, this movie might actually be good. And then people stopped caring, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So give this movie a watch, guys. If you yeah. are, wait, I mean, yeah, I mean, if, you, if you're still here, <laughs> give it a <Yeah>. watch. <laughs> I guess it might be kind of hard to advertise its story because if it really does want to surprise you what like who the main character actually is, you want to yeah. like advertise Betty Gilbin too much. Uh kind of reminds me of the suicide squad in a way yeah and that movie had to be very careful with the way it advertised itself mm-hmm. so yeah they definitely could have done better than they did yeah they could have done better than they did yes mm-hmm. <laughs> i mean yeah dude uh this movie's great uh it's it's one of those it's one of those gems that i feel like probably won't get a cult following but should Mm-hmm. you know yeah it'll it'll be one of those underrated movies i tell people about for a while which is why i think it's cool that we picked this mm-hmm. to speak about yeah i don't know i've endless love for this movie and i will just speak about it forever to make <laughs> sure people watch it so we'll, we'll start the cult following ourselves <laughs> yeah i already tried i showed it to my brother uh mm-hmm. yeah and what so do you that's think start. he liked it it's he, good yeah he liked it yeah, you know, it's not like liked it enough to recommend it to another uh, person. I don't know, but damn, <laughs> <laughs> this cult isn't working, Luke. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'll probably show this to um people that I know and all that. Uh, I know um one of our I showed it to you and that worked. Yeah, that yeah, you did. Yeah, uh, uh, I know one of our work friends uh watched watched it and liked it. Mm-hmm. So um, 
yeah, I mean, hey, maybe eventually it'll get there. But I feel like that'll be a while from now. Maybe it'll be like a... Obviously, this movie isn't as good as the movie I'm about to mention. But maybe it'll be like John Carpenter's The Thing or something like that. Where, like, it didn't really even get the recognition it deserved until, like... Until that movie, like, came out on home release, like, 20 years later. And then people went, holy crap, is this movie incredible. <laughs> That'd be amazing. Yeah. I'm not gonna... <laughs> nah. It, this movie isn't as masterful as John Carpenter's The Thing, unfortunately. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, John Carpenter's best movie, don't at me. But, uh... <laughs> say John Carpenter's the best movie. Yeah. The Hunt. Oh. The okay. Hunt is John Carpenter's best movie. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. yeah no, I... The Thing is John Carpenter's best movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah easily right Mm -hmm. like there's no way there's no way anything beats that like i love halloween i know you're not a big fan but like that's a that's a great movie (laughs) (laughs) i love christine you know you know honestly to me big trouble in little china is really up there too that movie's insane i love it it's awesome i haven't seen a lot of his movies that i want to see though me like uh i really want to see village of the damned i really want to see in the mouth of madness I want to see so many movies. Escape from L.A. or New York? I've seen Escape from New York. That's the first one. Escape from yeah. L.A. is the second one. Yeah. I've heard Escape from L.A.'s big old poopy doo-doo pants. Ah, well. Escape from New York's very good, though. Yeah. And Lee Winnell's remaking that. Oh, he is? Yes. Wow. Which... Is that what he moved on from, from, like, Wolfman? Um, no, he... he that was announced before I knew him doing Wolfman, but now I'm pretty sure he's not doing Wolfman anymore. Because, like, I never heard the announcement that he wasn't doing it, but I remember, like, seeing, like, after The Invisible Man, hey, Lee Winnell's doing Wolfman now, and everyone was like, cool, it's like Ryan Gosling's in it, and everyone's like, whoa, and then, like, nothing, until, like, quite recently, it's like, director for Wolfman announced, and I was like, wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) And then I, like, looked on the IMDb page, and, like, he wasn't the listed director anymore, and, like... He's still on the he's still on the writers thing, but he doesn't have like a label under it on IMDb. So, yeah, a story credit. Maybe, uh, maybe he maybe he was Edgar Wrighted, like Edgar Wright Ant Man out of it. Yeah, maybe the guy who directed Zombieland will take over. I don't know. I'm sorry. <laughs> Never mind. Oh, the guy that directed Zombieland. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's what happened with Uncharted, basically. Hmm. I was trying to get parallel. I was like, nah, probably not the best one. But I, will. I mean, I mean, Uncharted went through like 10 million directors before it it happened yeah. man okay yeah like there was Ooh. the guy that did a uh, kubo and bumblebee was gonna do it at one point uh the guy did kubo did bumblebee yeah huh okay <laughs> <laughs> uh there were like quite dan trachtenberg of 10 cloverfield lane was gonna do it at one point who's now moved on to the new predator movie that he's making Mars one tree was gonna do it at one point yeah, yeah alfred hitchcock <laughs> <laughs> i saw this uh uh i saw this freaking um variety article this might have been fake it was on twitter and it said and it was like making fun of the whole like thing where people just go up to like directors that are coming out with something now and say hey what do you think about superhero movies you really don't like them do you basically and it said alfred hitchcock says he will never direct a superhero movie and the quote at the very end of the article title was i'm dead (laughs) (laughs) this might have been fake well, no, yeah. <laughs> I'd like to think it was real, okay? <laughs> my, my heart of hearts wants to believe it was real. But, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I it, probably not. <laughs> if you're the heart of hearts, I'm the spade spades. 
Anyway, uh, did you um, see anything else that was cool in any of your research of the hunt or anything like that? Uh, yeah, a bit. I mentioned uh, a lot of them just in conversation. But I know the pig was treated as equal on set. He got he got to eat his own. He got catering as well as like everyone else. Holy crap, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, he had full access to... They even meta went with the whole animal farm thing. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh my god. <laughs> Was I really that good? <laughs> At mentioning oh, everything? Oh, uh, during the fight, they, they want to feel like two warriors fighting, but also like two sisters fighting. So mm. like, like it's really tense fight. It's also like kind of messy and whatever. So Yeah, it, it, it didn't feel clean. Yeah. Which is one of the worst things a fight can do, feel clean. Otherwise, I was awesome. <laughs> yeah, you are awesome. So yeah, you're awesome, cool. Luke. Good job. Give Thank yourself you, some credit. Maybe. I'm I'm patting you on the back from the other side of the room. Pat, 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 pat. Ow, ow. <laughs> I'm sorry, Luke. I'll I'll do it better next time. Pat, 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 pat. Oh yeah, that feels good. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> okay. Anyway, uh, time for the uh, open discussion part of the podcast yes. where we talk about literally oh, anything. Lazy talk. Lazy talk, right. I forgot about that. <laughs> this is the lazy talk where we lazily talk about whatever movie thing we want to talk about. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, do you have anything in mind you want to talk about, Luke? Watched anything recently? Uh, anything of you... note? Have any? So am I allowed to, like, shit on something? <laughs> Dude, it's lazy talk. Okay. I, I, I only say it because the first thing that came to mind is waiting for forever. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Yeah, well, it's a chick flick, and... What do, you, what do you mean? Them. What do you mean? What is a chick flick? Chick flick. I say rom com is what I say. Okay. okay. I just say chick flick instead because it sounds funny. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like chick flick. It's like a bang. It's like it's, it's it just a, sounds. It's a pretty. It's a pretty catchy set yeah. of words. Yeah. I don't necessarily mean that rom coms are things that only chicks watch because I love them. But yeah, I know you. You you fuck yeah, with a rom com. I out just there. like the terms. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Okay. I got you. I got you. I got but you, yeah, got you. it. Uh. So. It's like this dude, he's going back to his hometown, and he... Uh, What's the name of this movie again? It's Waiting for Forever, which is a pretty good title. But uh, he wants to be with his childhood best friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, seems innocuous enough, seems innocent. That maybe. guy or girl? That's the guy. He... So a guy wants to spend uh, his time with a childhood friend that is also a guy? No, who is a girl. Damn it, I was like, I want a gay movie for Nope, but yeah. And he hasn't spoken to her since uh, childhood, and he's going there to basically ask her to be together because he's like been had like a crush on her for forever. But he's like in his early twenties uh, now, I think. It might be late twenties. <laughs> but uh, anyway. By the way, I just want to mention quickly spoilers for anything we're going to talk about. Yeah, I'm not really spoiling this one. <laughs> but I, I just want to say, lazy talk won't. It's just spoilers. We'll talk about whatever we want. This is this is the loose segment where if we talk about something, you hear us start to talk about something. We won't ever just like immediately say a spoiler, but like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So this is a, like a ninety minute movie. It takes forty five minutes for them to meet. So wow, <laughs> yeah, halfway through, and then when they meet, you find out he has been stalking her, and like stalking her like like really like for years. Like, she will move from a town, and he will follow her, and, like, just stalk her. Like, there's even a scene... So it turns into a thriller? No. You're still supposed to like this guy. So... What? Yeah. So, like, when she... When he tells her this, she... 
Wait, like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> this movie makes this man, like, is it, does it present him as a stalker? Yeah. And she's like, hey, that's stalking. You shouldn't do that. He's like, oh, I'm sorry. And there's a flashback to him. He was juggling in the street because that's what his job is, is just juggling in the street. And it's a, it doesn't sound very her, uh, economically she, feasible. Get a real job. Pay some taxes. Anyway, continue. Yeah. He's a total loser. This, this guy. Great. Uh, but he. I mean, it, that was a joke, but I mean, cool. Yeah, she, <laughs> yeah she sees him and he, she doesn't recognize him, obviously. Uh-huh. And he's like, oh, I saw you. you don't you remember? I was there. And he, she's like, oh, that was you and stuff even so like retracing far back into memory to like this is a really bad stalking thing so like yeah this is bad and this This is is, creepy yeah after hanging out this is when he tells her so she's like all right i'm gonna go back to my boyfriend and you know and i hate you now as you should then the movie ends no unfortunately this is where normally in the in rom-coms like this is like the fight thing that like they have tension about before they eventually come back together or whatever that's typically how it is wait okay so they meet halfway through the movie was there any like romanticness happening after they meet uh because like as far as like i can tell by the way you're talking about it they meet and he says he's stalking her and then she's like fuck they, you and then she they, they meet they hang out they like have dinner and they walk around the park and they basically spend like an evening together like on like a date type of thing you why know, did it's it, not a date why did it take this long for him to talk to her he she didn't know he was in town so he he was the one who had to be able to go to her and say hey you want to hang out but if he was like stalking her for this long why didn't he like see this Uh, girl say hey i I like like she's pretty maybe i should go talk to her like i mean i mean a normal person yeah i mean i i don't support just like going out to random people and like trying to like say hey you are pretty give me number Mm -hmm. (laughs) because this guy doesn't seem like terribly like socially developed (laughs) but Like, I don't know. I'm just, this is confusing to me, Luke. Uh-huh. I'm having trouble. It was to me. And there are characters who call him out for him in the beginning. And I'd be like, yeah, right on. Except they're like, they're pieces of garbage that people are telling him this. So like the only way they can prop up the main guy's actions is by making other people like act worse when they're telling him the right thing. <laughs> so the yeah. greatest storytelling thing of all time. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, she's with a boyfriend and she's cheated on this boyfriend and whatever but anyway that's a thing but anyway so like what are they gonna do to make like him make it up to her or like her to accept him or whatever so her boyfriend kills someone (laughs) (laughs) so she's like yeah i guess i'm not gonna be with a murderer so she leaves what the hell is boyfriend so then she's like okay this isn't a thriller no this This is is still presented in a rom-com way yeah. What's this movie called? Wait. Waiting <laughs> for forever. I'm okay. Hold, I'm putting this on my yeah. watch list right now. The only cast member I recognize was Richard Jenkins. Okay. Uh, he's okay. the dad of the girl. Uh, and so then, like after that happened, she's like, "Well, I guess I'll be with the stalker guy." Because then he writes her a letter where he doesn't really say he's sorry for the stalking, but he like flatters her some, and is like, "You know, I'm in love with you and whatever." <laughs> And yeah, I shouldn't have I'm in love with you, you or whatever. But like, this letter should make up for it. And then so she visits him and they're together for some reason. Uh, yeah. And uh, yeah. But then also, these two performances are really bad. Oh. 
the girl is like nothing. Like she she has as flat as cardboard. Her, like she has Oh my god. <laughs> very she has like no emotion except when the script needs it. Like when she gets mad about the stalking, she like acts a little mad. Yeah. Uh but uh otherwise she there's just nothing really to her. You know, she doesn't really feel like a person. And then meanwhile the other the main guy is going too hard. <laughs> like he okay. is going way harder with like being awkward and mannerisms and like just being really quiet and coy and just acting weird generally and if they don't go with each other at all uh like there's a part where he takes he on the date he takes her to places they were as kids so he goes to like a playground and he goes to this restaurant they ate at and got ice cream and there are these two people sitting there and he asks them to leave so they can sit at those spots and stuff that's how obsessed he is and uh yeah there's more stuff i could go into but that's i'll just stop for now (laughs) because like there's some serious pacing but but it's fine i i I don't really want to spend too long really talking negatively about movie but that really stuck out to me (laughs) wow Uh, all right (laughs) jeez so you got something good (laughs) um I can talk about a few things. Okay. Um, which one would you rather talk about? Um, just rewatched through the Evil Dead series recently. We could talk about just like generally like a retrospective on that series, how it plays out. Also, I, I kind of I, I feel like I might have, like we've had this conversation many times in real life, even today. <laughs> but um, I I want to talk about all this stuff. I'm a little bit dissatisfied right now with uh the current state of the mcu okay how about you save that one for maybe the next podcast because i've seen eternals by then okay yeah okay great that's actually that's a good that's a good good way to put it yeah and also um by then hawkeye will come out oh really hawkeye comes out on wednesday yeah next wednesday so as long as we get this out soon then that will make sense that i say hawkeye will come out i think i can have it out by wednesday (laughs) (laughs) okay so um yeah um evil dead series rewatched through that um man this is both as so it's it's one of the weirdest horror series ever right it's it's probably the most diverse horror series there is period yeah maybe maybe because one of them flat out is not a horror movie and then like one of them is very straight horror yeah remake here yeah and the the first one is like a cheesy tongue-in-cheek straight horror movie but it, mm. it, it it tries to be a horror movie but there's still a lot of like very like obvious like humor to that film mm-hmm. then evil dead 2 is like just movie making chaos essentially <laughs> an army of darkness is the most zany fantasy film ever made oh yeah basically honestly kind of a uh, i could see like peter jackson taking a lot of inspiration from these early sam raimi evil dead films into like his his gore flicks that he made originally. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, I guess the only one I've really seen is brain dead, but I just, I, I can see the DNA. No, you've seen bad taste. Oh, right. I have seen bad taste. What the heck am I saying? Yeah. Which are really the two. <laughs> okay. Right. <laughs> Cause I mean, just meet the peoples. I forgot I'd seen bad taste. <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> um, good alien design in that movie. Anyway. Um, yeah, I, I, I feel as if like, that this has like 
a very special place in horror history, but unfortunately very singular. I feel like it's one of those instances where Hollywood seems to look at it and say, this is great, and then not do anything with that. Granted, Hollywood often learns the wrong lessons from successful beloved films. Like, like say, if like Deadpool existed, now every movie needs to be a rated R. Like, ha, fourth wall breaking, everything needs to be kind of meta in some way, you know? Mm-hmm. Every, everything needs to have that Ryan Reynolds-esque humor. Like, you know, Hobbs and Shaw didn't need to have, like, Ryan Reynolds show up <laughs> and then make a bunch of, like, in-jokes about the Fast and Furious franchise. Yeah. Wasn't needed. <laughs> nope. Um, And made that movie worse. Even though I liked those individual elements, but it was very clearly in a different movie than the movie we were watching. <laughs> um, uh, Kevin Hart, even, in that movie is another example of that lesson being taken wrong as well. Yeah, Being this like sorry. weird weird side element I, I, that was like oddly more crude than the rest of the movie. About Kevin Hart. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Um, but yeah, I feel like there's like such like a creative exuberance to it. Like I saw a review for Evil Dead Two, I believe, by this letterbox user named Matt Lynch, and he said, "Never has a movie ever been more excited to be itself." Mm-hmm. And I think that is so true about those those Sam Raimi movies. It's like. It foregoes the things that most people would consider like looking for in terms of looking for an objectively good film, which I know I've told you a lot does not exist. Objectivity does not exist in art. Mm-hmm. Other than the fact that Army of Darkness is a movie. <laughs> exactly right. It's a, it's, it is a movie and the movie that is there is Army of Darkness, the way that we interpret it, the way that literally anything that goes past like a single nanometer past that screen is subject subjective you know yeah so i don't yeah. i i i like i just like the i like the cut cut the bullshit cut to the chase about it and even yeah. even the remake i feel like exudes that in a very different way yeah even the 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 first movie i remember was like wow really got to that one scene really quick <laughs> yeah the tree rape <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> uh it's it's pretty rough and i still don't know why it's there <laughs> but i i get it in the remake honestly but i and, and that original one other than it being just a very different and generally like just very very disturbing scene i guess it doesn't need to be anything else other than that but it just feels very like whoa this now okay what uh, all right it's done now cool <laughs> even though it yeah. lasts much longer than that but you know i i guess they just wanted to present the evil the force immediately and they did the most extreme way they could but i mean they didn't have to do that no but i mean that. it still works for their purpose though <laughs> i yeah. suppose it's it's a thing that i'd rather like i don't want to really challenge that creative decision because either way it works in what they were trying to do but like you could have done a different thing probably but you could have done a different thing in any context of any creative decision in anything ever. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it's weird. I don't get it, but a lot of people seem to enjoy it. So cool. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but yeah, honestly, in terms of like, I think probably my ranking is two, four, one, three. Mm-hmm. And two, four are pretty much tied and one and three are pretty much tied. And yeah, I think... Like and the remake is easily your favorite, right? Easily? Uh sure. I think. It's, it's like four, three, two, one for me. Uh it's just like the way I enjoyed <laughs> Remake four are very different. So yeah. that's why I'm not easily saying like it's easily four, but yeah. for the genre that is, I think I enjoy uh 
the the remake more than the than for I the think, genre that it is army of darkness yeah because i think that movie does more horror very well very very well and i don't really see a lot especially the chaos of it and the extreme of the gore the unflinching <laughs> nature of it yeah yeah now you know the camera just holds on certain shots and make me want to die so <laughs> yeah um i i mean i'd probably make more army of darkness than that movie well yeah but that's not the question here i think i think i mentioned this to you before but i think a lot of the beauty of what like books video games films are is that like of course you you could probably think of a decision you would have made if you were in that that thing if there was some kind of ideal which if we're honest in most cases especially the evil dead movies that are famously hard productions probably didn't have the like complete freedom like they could have just done this because it would have been easier no (laughs) they probably just made a quick creative decision but, like, the cool part of art is that it isn't what you would have made. You know? Mm-hmm. If you would have made it, you would have made it. <laughs> you know? It, of course, we were not alive in the early 80s when that came out. But, like, I still think the point stands is, like, like a lot of these things that, like, of course, like, like let's take a very highly contested film. Like, a very divisive film. What's a very divisive movie? The Last Jedi. The Last Jedi. Let's take The Last Jedi. That's a very good example. I was going to say uh, Batman v Superman, but sure, The Last Jedi. Um, that is not the movie anyone but Ryan Johnson would have made. I feel like that is the one thing I can say about that movie that everybody will agree with. <laughs> mm-hmm. Only Ryan Johnson could have and would have made that movie. And I don't think that's something... And I think that's an element that makes that good. It's an active, positive element of that film. Because there are plenty of films that very obviously feel as if a few people maybe could have made this. There would have been, like, slight differences, but the general experience, the creative direction, could have gone the same way, right? Mm -hmm. Like, even I feel like maybe even J.J. Abrams' The Force Awakens is a good example of that. It's very safe, crowd-pleasing. I love that movie, but that's what it is. It's... A very, like, bring back to the status quo, you know? There might have been different examples of what that status quo was. Or even Halloween 2018, I feel like, was a very safe, easy way to bring that status quo back. Another very similar example of, this creatively makes a lot of sense and maybe a few people could have made this. I I think The Evil Dead exudes that in every way. And in a way that takes that idea that only Sam Raimi could have made this, or even Fede Alvarez could have made this, so far that it makes them feel so individualistic. Like, you almost feel like you're seeing their personalities through the films. Mm -hmm. Especially Sam Raimi by those last two he did. Like, he spends whole scenes of just, like, skeleton hands coming out of the ground, just hitting Ash over the head and, like, teasing him, basically. (laughs) Even the way the possessed people act in the first movie. Like, just a crazy laughing all the time. and That high-pitched squealing almost, Yeah. yeah. And weird thing is like Ash slapping her over and over. <laughs> just, just snap out of it. Smack, 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 smack. <laughs> and she's just still like laughing like literally nothing has changed. Mm-hmm. Or even the famous like the camera going really fast like after characters. Oh, yeah. Like through the trees. Yeah. Or in the second one, how I love how it goes literally through the house and through like the yes. side walls and through all kinds of like breaks down doors and windows and stuff like it's amazing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, just as a general retrospective on the franchise, I think it's very singular in a way that I find very refreshing and interesting. I know I said it like 
like that like that Hollywood hasn't learned anything from those movies in a like almost kind of like sad way but it does give it a very singular like feel that I feel like is really interesting and I am very glad it exists in a very untainted way it's cool that we can have those like actual genuine random events in film that kind of just feel like miraculous you know in the mm. Evil Dead series, including the remake, which a lot of people considered very unimaginative, unimaginative and uninspired, which I found crazy. <laughs> like, yeah. But, like, I, I just find them so interesting. Like, like Evil Dead is very clearly... Evil Dead 2013 is very clearly modern horror in, like, style. But I feel like that only is that way because it was made in the time it was. Other than it being, like, having the technology and just generally coming out in the climate it did. It doesn't follow any trends, really. It doesn't, like, and other than, like, having, like, base, like, inspiration from that original film, it, it's it's doing its own thing, like, pretty much entirely. Mm-hmm. Especially in terms of, like, like the, the actual, like, story. Not the plot, the story of mm-hmm. that movie is, is very... Do you, do you know what I mean when I say that? I think so. You're talking the, about the plot. The, is the plot the... is what happens. Story is what it means. Like in this case, it's like uh, she is trying to gain, gain away from addiction and whatever. Yeah, it's like yeah, it, yeah, it, precisely. It's like it's like the the example I always like to bring up is that uh, the Last of Us is that the Last of Us's plot is a cure the zombie apocalypse cliche. The story is about the effects of Joel's grief. This is uh, the story. Uh, the plot of Evil Dead is a bunch of kids go to a cabin and get killed the story is the story is a girl trying to overcome her addiction Mm. and the and the disastrous effects it has on the people that she loves and cares about Mm -hmm. and yeah i mean honestly i think it's if you want to remake something look at that this is how you do it (laughs) good job you did it (laughs) it just do do this Hollywood learn lessons from mm-hmm. this. <laughs> and I feel like this is a movie they learned wrong, wrong lessons from. Cause this movie was like, it wasn't praised like heavily, but it was like generally like well received and it did make a lot of money. Oh yeah. And, uh, so yeah, it's a, and, and then we've been getting a lot of like horror remakes. It's not like that wasn't common at the time anyway. Like platinum dunes is whole like nightmare Friday 13th. And, Halloween never stopped getting rebooted or remade at any point. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, like, so like, especially, like, around this time, everything that was happening with... It also definitely happened afterward and later. It's it's still happening. It, <laughs> we're still getting tons of horror remakes. Like, we yeah. very recently got a Child's Play remake. Invisible Man. Was Invisible <laughs> Man, yeah. It's like... Yeah, it's like... So, if you... Candy so, Man. <laughs> oh shoot i get yeah whoops (laughs) that's that's another trend that i don't like naming the fucking movie off that's like a sequel disregarding all the other movies of the original naming it the same name as the original yeah stop it stop it don't do that Candyman halloween don't do it yeah stop it scream coming out scream yeah evil dead technically what that movie's a sequel it is yep fetty alvarez said it's set 30 years after the original i guess that makes sense huh okay Oh, and like someone asked him after that was like oh yeah then why did the ashes in it yeah yeah but then someone said like why did like similar things happen like the girl in the cellar and things like that and he said the necronomicon has like like weight and he said 
he said the real reason is because we wanted to homage to the original, but the story reason is that the Necronomicon has like has like slight influence over events. Like the evil of it reaches so far that it can kind of like influence the way things go on a very like subtle level. Hmm. If it ain't broke, then but yeah. <laughs> I mean, whatever. I don't really care about that. <laughs> I I was even fine with just saying. Another girl got put in a freaking cellar, man. I don't know. It's fine. <laughs> the, the the forest is evil, and there was a weird demon girl that, like, also tree-raped her or whatever. Fine. <laughs> it's like... It's, oh, yeah. It's, it, 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 it's not important. <laughs> it's a sequel. Fine. Whatever. It's like freaking A New like a new Hope and Force Awakens is technically a sequel to A New Hope, but I'm not... Like, I don't need, like, the fact that it's a remake to freaking justify it. It's, it's just a similar, all right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That doesn't bother me, but like it's just similar. It's fine. I don't give a crap. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, I just wanted to uh, give a little lip service to Evil Dead. Um, very excited, very excited about the new one coming soon. Evil Dead Rises. Evil Dead Rises. Uh, not directed by either of the two that have directed one so far. I don't know the director that's done this new one. I know it's set in a, in a high-rise apartment building, and that's very interesting. I heard that they used like thousands and thousands of gallons of fake blood, so it sounds yeah. like they're doing it well. Okay. So, so very excited. I don't know what they'll do, but I imagine they'll go crazy with it. I don't know how high budget it is either, but we'll see. Yeah, it'll be like a Train to Busan in a hotel. Yeah, you hear they're remaking Train to Busan? No. Yep. Dang. An American I know there remake. Were like three movies in the franchise, technically, but yeah. a remake's in order. Oh, is it like a like an American English? Like yes, but notably, it is directed by an indonesian director that is known for his horror and martial arts movies in indonesia mm-hmm. like he did a segment in vhs2 oh which is it the cam on the zombie one no that's the blair witch project guys oh i think uh, he might have done the last one gareth evans no that no he's not that guy. wait or edwards or hold on <laughs> We're gonna awesome. we're gonna go through a whole process here. <laughs> okay. Hang on to your boots. H- hang on to hang on to your tights. Keep your boots tight. Keep your guns limited. Yeah. Keep uh fucking <laughs> keep keep uh, keep your, keep your pants on. All right. <laughs> uh. Okay. No, he directed Safe Haven with Gareth Evans. Safe Haven. Uh, the, the VHS two the... the the cult one of VHS two. Okay. Yeah. Not the Nicholas Bartz movie. No, 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 no. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, he he did do um, he, so the guy that is directing the new Train to Busan movie co-directed that segment with Gareth Evans and um, also Evans Edwards which one? There's too many Gareth E's in Hollywood. Gareth Evans, okay. Yes. Um, Gareth Edwards of Rogue One and Godzilla. Oh, okay, <laughs> yes, that guy. Yeah. Um, anyway. Um, and he also did a movie called Headshot that is very critically claimed. He did a insane martial arts movie called The Night Comes for Us, uh, starring two of the right actors. Wait, The Night Come for, Comes for Us and It Comes at Night? No, not It Comes at Night. That's, <laughs> I was just, just like, wow, these titles. Oh, <laughs> um, but yeah, it, he, the point is, is that he's he's a very good director that is like immensely steeped in Asian cinema. So like... I, I feel like it's not just going to be like a whitewashed version of that insanely good zombie mm-hmm. film. So 
Yeah, I'm, I'm, wait, I'm excited for it. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, both Evil Dead Rises and uh, Train to Busan. Last Train to New York, I believe I heard it was titled. Last Train to New York. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, I like. Ugh. It's like definitely a lot of the commentary of Train to Busan could carry over here. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Not 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 in specifics. Like there's like specific like like references to like specific parts of Korean history and Train to Busan and all that. But there are definitely like allusions they could. Basically, have like a commentary to it. Yeah, and even just like the general idea of like elitist upper class and like that kind of thing. And mm-hmm. I, we're talking about that with our movie here. <laughs> and yeah. uh, Train to Busan was pretty low budget, so I mean, I could. Yeah, it was. Yeah very low budget and they did a damn lot with that low budget <laughs> they did so much with it oh yes but uh i mean it was a big movie for korea mm-hmm. it was a very big budget for korea but in like oh. Amer- but in american dollars that's like nothing <laughs> like i like so we Korean's did typically low budget movies well, i mean yeah it doesn't take much money to make parasite you know i guess so yeah you know or like like i guess i've had i haven't heard of big blockbusters from korea yeah it's like you don't hear like old boy obviously didn't take like a lot of money to make yeah or like you know like the movies that make it over here are tip like they typically look good but only because of like they look good they have good effects but probably more so the talent of the filmmakers involved rather than like having a lot of money to throw at the screen yeah i was like the host was like that that one that was like that's a monster movie. And yeah, I, like, I guess I, I'm not sure. Honestly, over there are more known for Godzilla or something. Well, Godzilla's Japanese. Japanese. So, yeah, okay. yeah. I, I'm I'm not I'm not sure, man. <laughs> but yeah, um, Train to Busan, great movie. You should watch that too. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I don't think I have uh, anything else to talk about. Unless you want to talk about something else. I could, but uh, I think I'm I'm. I'm done for this first episode. N- next time. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this was our um our first time. We're giving we're giving this good old thing a good old go. We uh mm-hmm. we're gonna we're gonna evolve with you guys. We hope you enjoy just listening to us. We hope you can just sit back and enjoy hearing us yeah. talk about stuff. This is meant to be fun. It is. Yeah, mm-hmm. Hopefully, it's as fun listening as it is for us talking. Yeah. So. We just we just like talking about movies, man. We just we just like yeah. it. Yeah. So just yeah. I'd enjoy laying in the bed with us and uh I'm what huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh but I I'm on a I'm I'm on a futon right now and you're on the floor. <laughs> yeah, you kicked me off. Yeah, no. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway Hold on. So next week no. you're picking the movie. Next week oh right. So I, th- you should know what it is. I right? I have not I, I should have thought <laughs> I should have thought about this, Luke. It's cats, everybody. It's- <laughs> no. Uh, please, no. Um, okay. I decided what movie I'm doing. I'm seeing where it's able to be watched now. Okay. So our first movie. So my first movie. And our first, I'm assuming, because I want to make a rule right here, right now. We don't cover many. We don't cover multiple series at once. Okay. Our first movie and our first series. We will be watching... Next week, Rocky from 1976, and you can watch it on 
HBO Max, it's on DirecTV On Demand. It can also be rented on all the normal renting things that you can find something on. This is the iconic sports film starring Sylvester Stallone that made his career go off. We hope you we hope you look forward to that. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, Can't wait for your awesome Stallone impression. Oh, you will hear it, Adrian! <laughs> got a little taste, guys. Little <laughs> All right. We will see you guys next time. Hope you had a good time. Hope you have a good day. Hope you have a good rest of your week. Have a good time, everybody, and see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.